Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey, man. Hey, dude. We've come to a Friday. We love Friday. December 10, the year of our Lord, 2021. It's a Friday, and if you're in the Tampa area, we hope that you'll come out and join us to worship this Lord's Day, this Sunday. At Livingston, all of the information, our service times, etc., is found on our website, christiansmeethere.org, christiansmeethere.org. We're going to wrap up Matthew chapter 14 today. I'm going to start in verse 33 and read to the end of the chapter from the English Standard Version. This gets the last sentence of that paragraph about Jesus and Peter walking on the water. They so get back you... to the boat. Don't know about that. You should go back and listen to yesterday's listen episode. To huh? The last two days' episode. Yeah, actually. the last two yeah, days. Yeah, we absolutely. spent some time on that. Yeah, but uh, but you know you don't have to. Here we are, and these in the boat worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So, world hmm. traveler. Yeah. Preacher who has been to the Holy Lands. Yes, yes, what yes. What is yes, Gennesaret? Yes. So what we have here is a, another name for this region of the... On the coastline of the Sea of Galilee, it is the southern and eastern portion of the Sea of Galilee, okay? The other side of the Jordan River as the Jordan uh, pours out south of the Sea of Galilee and heads to the Dead Sea. This, I think, in the first century was a region, too, that had a higher Gentile population and uh, is also sometimes called the Gadarenes. So I think this is the, at least the second time that Jesus has been over this way in Matthew's account. He had cast out the demon legion uh, in this area before, and they didn't know what to do with Jesus. They told him to leave then. They told him to leave then. But as Jesus has persisted in his teaching, his miracles, when he comes back now, you'll notice they recognized him. And when they recognized him, they started sending word out. And now people are coming from far and wide this to is meet one of, Jesus. This is one of those things where there's the interlocking of the various Gospels. Okay. I think it's important that we spend time in each Gospel and recognize the, uh, the meaning, the purpose behind each Gospel writer's uh, method of telling the story. Yeah. I think I think it's important, but at the same time, I do think he gave us the four Gospels so that we could see the interlocking, and in Mark... I believe, or maybe it's Luke. In one of the other Gospels, it points out that when Jesus was being driven out, when they were asking him to leave after he had cast out the legion, yeah, the fellow from whom he had cast out the demon said, can I come with you? Mm -hmm. And for once, completely different than what he had done most of the time, he tells that guy, no, you go home and you tell people what the Lord has done for you. That's right. That's and right. so he has left, but this fella apparently did his job. Yeah. Because now that Jesus is back, when people recognize him, rather than wanting him to leave again, they start bringing out their sick, and they, mm -hmm. they want to hear him teach, and they want these miracles. So it seems that the story of what Jesus had done and who he was 
had started filtering through from that fella. I'm sure from some of the other miracles that were happening on the western side yeah. of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret, uh, that was getting there as well. But what a really fascinating thing. So now we've got all of these signs taking place as Jesus has traveled over here, healing the sick, uh, lifting up, casting out demons, all of those things happening here. What do you think about that expression in verse 15? Does it use the same word in the ESV? It says in uh, the New King James, when the men of that place recognized him. Is it recognized? Uh, in verse 35? Yeah. When the men of that place recognized him. Yeah, recognized him. So I, I love the connection that you make, uh, that uh, the the healed demoniac fellow has been doing his work, yeah. right, and telling his friends and his neighbors what God had done for them. But this idea of recognizing Jesus, isn't that what had just happened in the boat a few Ooh. hours earlier? Aren't the apostles or these disciples there in that boat saying and confessing and worshiping, you are the son of God? So they've recognized Jesus, but it's a different kind of recognition. It's not just, oh, hey, I know you. You're Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's, I know you. Mm -hmm. You're the son of God. And that's what's happened at, at the end of this story of walking on the water. Yeah. The folks in the boat, it's it's finally struck them, at least in fullness, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, which is a big, big point as we've been going through Matthew. What have we said over and over and over again? That Jesus is somebody we have to deal with. We don't get to dismiss him. We don't get to ignore him. We've got to figure out who is this guy, this, this guy that we've now 2,000 years later got all these stories. He has impacted the world more than anyone else in all of history. We have to decide who is that guy. Yeah, and it's something that, as Matthew is telling the account, I, I think he's he's leading us to this place. I mean, this this is a declaration that he is the Son of God. Uh, the multitudes are marveling at him. I think about the end of the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter 7, and what was remarkable to them at that time is how he spoke with authority and not like the scribes. There was a different manner in the way that he taught uh, everything he said was true, and yet it was fresh and unique from all of these learned and established teachers. Who does that? Who is this? Well, here's a really fascinating point, that the only other time in Matthew that he has been called the Son of God is by those demons that he cast out when he was back at Gennesaret oh, or in the Gadarenes. Yeah, okay. So in the Gospel of Matthew, nobody else has called him the Son of God. Uh, up, up, just, till, up till the disciples here now? Yeah, up until this point, it, when yeah. he says, truly you are the Son of God, except those men when it was the demons speaking through them. Wow! And so we have, when he crosses okay, the lake okay, before... Okay, back up, because that's been a few weeks ago. Okay, Matthew 8. Just, okay, Matthew 8. And when he casts out the demons, or actually before, before he casts out the demons, right? in Matthew chapter 8, I think it's like verse 29, 30, somewhere right around in there, when the demons recognize him, mm -hmm. they say, hey, what are you doing here, son of God? Have you come to torment us before right. the time? That's right. That's the only other time Jesus has been called the son of God up to this point in the gospel of Matthew. And so these demons have recognized and who now, Jesus is. As Matthew is telling the story, he's heading back to that region, and it's then that the men 
recognize him, that people, that the disciples have now declared him the son of God. Okay. All right. So we've got... um We've got uh, demons have called him the Son of God. The people are asking and wondering about uh, about who he is. Um, I'm trying to think. You know what? The devil, actually. In well, Matthew chapter 4, in Matthew chapter 4, uh, was questioning Jesus, if you are the Son of God, yes. as the basis of his temptations. Well, at the baptism, God says, you are my son. So I guess if we want to modify that, there's, there is that caveat that God declared Jesus his son at the baptism. But as far as the phrase son of God, we find the demons, we find the disciples here, and then we find the devil questioning it, questioning it and, and trying, trying to get Jesus himself to question it. If you really are the son of God, then why don't you do this? If you really are the son of God, then why don't you do that? It Here... Jesus has not been put to the test by the devil. He's been doing the Lord's will and work. He's been showing compassion. He's mm-hmm. been exercising authority. And the disciples recognize there's no if. Mm-hmm. There's no if. We know who you are. This is who you are. You are the Son of God. And notice what they do when they recognize that. They, they worship him. Worship him. Yeah. And what does Jesus do when they do that? Well, he accepts it. I mean, that that is a remarkable thing to me for uh, people who say, oh, he never claimed to be the son of God. He never corrected anyone who said it. He never stopped anyone. He was acting like the son of God. What we've talked about as we've been going through Matthew is this narrative and then counter narratives. Matthew is driving a point home. He is he is telling us this is who Jesus is. You need to believe in Jesus. And we've seen story after story and account after account. The Pharisees came up with their counter narrative. He's He's doing this by the prince of the demons. Mm-hmm. John, or excuse me, Herod had his counter narrative. It's John resurrected. Right. But we, the disciples, figured out here's what the real story is. Here's the truth. What have we seen Jesus doing? In fact, this might be a good time just to kind of walk through in our minds things that, that Jesus yeah. has done throughout Matthew. Now, as Matthew started his story, he highlighted again and again and again Jesus' fulfillment of prophecy. Well, I was going to say the virgin birth. Yes. Right? <laughs> and, and more than just fulfilling prophecy in the sense that we often think of, oh, here are these particular statements about something that's going to happen in the future, and then Jesus did those things. Back in chapters 1 and 2, what we highlighted over and over again is that Jesus didn't just fulfill statements. Jesus fulfilled the whole story. Jesus fulfilled the whole account. Every bit of that was pointing forward to him. As we got into the prophets, as we looked at the the messages that were being given by the prophets, then we see the baptism. And what happens at the baptism? John has been sent as God's messenger to prepare the way. He is the Elijah who is to come. He is the messenger that is making the path straight. All of this, again, fulfilling the prophecy in the story. And when Jesus is baptized, the sky rips open. The dove comes and and lays on Jesus' head, and the voice of God comes from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then, just like Israel was driven out into the wilderness after they went through the Red Sea, Jesus is driven out into the wilderness after his crossing, if you will, through the Jordan. And he 
Uh, it, he's just fulfilling that story again and again. And then we see his teaching. Mm. And you mentioned this moments yeah. ago, when he's done with the, the Sermon on the Mount, the people are amazed. Look at the authority. He's better than the scribes and Pharisees. Does that sound like a demon-possessed man to you? It does not. It does not sound like the rantings or evil speech, anything like this that you might expect of a demon-possessed man. Does it sound like a fellow who's off his rocker, who's crazy, who's insane? Not at all. No. And people were able to recognize that. Then we start seeing him heal people. Mm-hmm. We've got lepers and demon-possessed. We've got folks who are ill, and Jesus is now lifting them up, casting out demons, healing sicknesses. A, a centurion is able to come to him and say, you know what, you don't even have to come to my house. Mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. You can just say the word right here, and, and, and you've, you're under this authority that allows you to say it here, and it'll happen over there. Right, right. He goes on, and he, and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. The wind and the waves obey Jesus. And the terrible storm that he faces, and all the disciples think that they're they're perishing, they're going to drown out here, and, and he's asleep in the boat. Well, why won't you wake up? Don't you care? And we, we walk through these stories again and again and over and over. It's like Matthew is just piling on. He's multiplying these stories just as Jesus multiplied the food mm-hmm. for the crowds. And we finally get to the disciples who are able to say, now we get it. Mm-hmm. We... In this question of who is this man, we know the answer. This man is the Son of God. And and this is this is what Matthew is driving home. This is what I believe. I think I'm I'm certain it's what you believe, Andrew. It's what we believe. It's what we're proclaiming. It's why we have these conversations. And anyone reading this, how they would come to a different conclusion. No, we 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 do believe. And it is not at all a a blind faith or a misguided trust, but it is reason upon reason, just building it brick upon brick of a sure foundation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And because Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing this Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be gathering with his people to worship and honor and praise and remember the death and burial and the resurrection of the Lord, proclaiming his gospel, teaching his truth. And I want to invite anyone and everybody who's listening to join us. We're going to be here this Sunday. Check out our website, christiansmeethere.org, for the times. We'd love to see you. Right now, though, let's wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for this week of uh, episodes that we've been able to sit down and study and meditate upon this 14th chapter of Matthew. Father, leading us to a, a firm foundation and conviction that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, we pray, Father, that in this meditation today that we are encouraged. So much good evidence, so many reasons to trust this and to share this good news with other people. Father, you do not lie. You do not disappoint. We can always trust you. We see, Father, the great example of the response of the people around Gennesaret, who in recognizing Jesus knew to come to him. Father, as we recognize Jesus as the Son of God, that no matter what our issue or trouble in life, help us to be assured we we must come to him. We must come to him. And we pray, Father, that you would bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. 
You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.